0: Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Now, over the past few months, I've had so many of you reach out and ask me questions about how I built my platform for stepmoms. You want to know how I grew this community and ultimately, I guess, created a business doing what I love. Now, a few weeks back, I had the opportunity to talk about all of this on Kelsey Murphy's podcast, Whiskey and Work. Now, if you're not familiar, Kelsey is a speaker, a writer, a career and business coach who has worked with companies like Facebook and Google, Apple, Twitter, Tom Shoes, and The Gap. So it was a huge honor to be interviewed on this podcast because it actually happens to be one of my favorites. Every day I have people ask me what I'm listening to, and this one always makes the list. Now, people listen to podcasts for different reasons. But personally, I listen to get inspired. I listen for personal development, to learn from other people's successes. And truthfully, I'm always looking for strategies on how to take this community to the next level. And the Whiskey and Work podcast does all of that for me. But it's not just for entrepreneurs. Everyone can get something out of her show. So, not only did Kelsey interview me about my blog and online platform, we also dove into what was holding me back in life. And when I say that, I'm talking about what was holding me back from being the best stepmom that I could be, and what was holding me back from starting to create the platform and business that I wanted. We also touched on my parenting values, my opinion on parenting by the book, and how I stopped worrying about what other people think about what I do and say. Now I'm telling you all of this because Kelsey has allowed me to share that interview on this podcast too. So that is what we're going to do today. So I hope that you like listening to this episode just as much as I loved recording it. Let's dive in.
1: This is the Whiskey & Work Podcast, a place to talk about building better relationships, creating more fulfilling work, and living the life you've always wanted. And I'm going to tell you, it ain't easy, but it is worth it. So if that sounds like your sort of thing, stick around. I'm your host, Kelsey Murphy, and this is Whiskey & Work. Today's guest is a blended family parenting blogger. I mean, we're talking the real-life modern family here. Jamie Scrimger is a life coach with a specialization in step family dynamics and the creator of a top-charting weekly podcast, The Jamie Scrimger Podcast, where she talks about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living what she calls a kick-ass life. When Jamie went from a 26-year-old bachelorette straight into the trenches of stepmotherhood, it didn't take her long to realize that she was a little bit in over her head. Amongst all the resources out there for real moms, Jamie quickly learned that there was very little support that she could find for stepmoms like herself. And after a lot of work on herself and her family, this former child protection worker with a background in psychology and social service work combined her personal and professional experience to create the exact kind of support she was looking for when she first said, I do. Now you can hear Jamie very candidly in her blog posts, in her online resources, and in her podcast, and she is on a mission to open up the conversation about blended family life and show her fellow stepmoms that it is entirely possible to live an amazing life amongst the extra stressors that come with being a stepmom. And today she is just as raw and candid as you could hope for as we talk about parenting, starting businesses, and sometimes the hard but always hilarious family dynamics. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. So sit back and enjoy the latest addition to Whiskey and Work with the real, raw, and lovely Jamie Scrimger. Hi, Jamie. Hi, how are you?
0: I am good. How are you doing? I am so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having
1: me on. Oh, gosh, we're thrilled to have you. I'm excited for you to share your story. You have such a unique, interesting story, and it's full of uh, plot twists and turns. And so um, I'm thrilled to have you here. Exciting. Okay, perfect. Okay, so for people who do not know you um, and are just about to jump into the world of Jamie, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do now?
0: Sure. Okay. So it's like that elevator pitch at the very beginning when you try to kind of explain (laughs) what you do, right? Yeah. No
1: pressure. No pressure.
0: Yeah. So I am a stepmom of three and a mom of one. And I always introduce myself by saying that because that kind of is the whole premise to everything that I do. So when I was 26, I fell in love with a single dad with three kids and became a stepmom. So, you know, to make a long story short, it was a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be. So, what I ended up doing is when I became a stepmom, I realized that A, I was in over my head, and B, that no one was talking about it. It was almost like this l- dirty little secret that no one wanted to talk about. And I found, you know, on Facebook and social media, there were so many resources for moms you know, encouraging moms to keep it real and to share, you know, the ups and downs of motherhood. But when it came to stepmoms, no one was talking about it. So after, uh, you know, after a really hard night and I found myself on the bathroom floor, crying my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with kids, I went to the internet for support, was disappointed with what I found and ultimately ended up starting a platform about my journey as a stepmom because i felt like someone needed to start to talk about it. So that's what i do now. I what started as a blog of me just kind of sharing my story and trying to trying to provide some positive tips and strategies for stepmoms because there seems to be a bit of, you know, a stigma and really wanted to change the narrative has turned into this online platform where i'm providing support for stepmoms. I have digital products. I really just share my story and the lessons that I'm learning along the way in hopes that it can inspire other people to, you know, I always say I'm about teaching stepmoms that it's entirely possible to live a kick-ass life amongst these extra stressors. So that's really what I'm all about.
1: Oh, I love that. And you're so right. When I think about that, there are so many resources out there for moms, but there, I, I feel like I haven't seen a ton of resources out there for stepmoms.
0: No, and it, you know, it's because you're dealing with your story is also someone else's story. And it's really important to remember say the perspective of a stepmom may not be the same perspective of your stepchildren or the, you know, first wife. So there it's it's touchy subject. So people don't really want to talk about it and don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about it because you know, they often get backlash. But I do believe and I've shown that it is possible to have these conversations and talk about the struggles that come with stepmotherhood without sharing a someone else's
1: story and without putting anyone down. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that this was truly born out of something that you needed. Like I feel like that's how the best things in the marketplace and the most innovative things are created is by going out there and saying, this is something I really need that would help me to be a better person, to solve more problems, to show up in the way that I want to. And you went out there and looked for it. And when you couldn't find it, you just created it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we did a lot of work on, well, I did a lot of work on myself, on our family, on my perspective, on the way that I look at life. You know, I did so much personal development. And, you know, I got to the point where one day I realized, even though everything was the same, all of the things that were still difficult, you know, going from no kids to three kids. And then a year later, we had our own child. All of these stressors were still the same, but the way I was approaching my life was completely different. And that changed everything for our whole family. So it was really about sharing that journey. And I really don't like the word journey, but it kind of seems like this is the only word to say, but of really sharing that journey with everyone else so that they can hopefully get to the same place that I'm at.
1: Oh, I'm fascinated by that. So give me an example of what that looks like when you talk about the fact that you started showing up in a different way.
0: Well, I think that... We can spend, you know, as a stepmom, so as a stepmom, a lot of my life is out of my control. So as a mom, you know, you get to decide your kid's schedule, what things they're signed up for, the rules, things in your house, all of those things So just like little things that you don't, you don't think twice about. It's just how you run your home. Whereas when you're the stepmom in the home, a lot of these things are decided, A, by their mom who rightfully so, it's you no, know, she should be deciding those things or the way that say your husband and his first wife decided to raise the kids. So in terms of their rules, their expectations, their values, and there's a lot of things that were different for me than the way things that were done before I came into the picture. So, so much of my life is absolutely outside of my control and it consumed me for a while. I came in and I really tried to kind of switch things up and control things or, you know, it was frustrating when, choices were being made that were going to impact my day. But at the end of the day, I can't control those things. So you really need to get to the point where, you know, it's, what's that quote? It's like, you can't control how someone else acts. The only thing you can control is your own reactions. And it's just about kind of getting systems and mindsets into place so that you're not being derailed by things that you can't do anything about.
1: I love that. I feel like that's good advice for everyone. I could absolutely take that into my life. Um, I can't, And I can't even imagine what it would be like to come in and to try to reorganize that, that world that you are living and breathing and having to, that is affecting you every single day. Like having to step into that, knowing that there is, Someone else making really big decisions or guiding, you know, your children in other ways. I mean, that's hard enough for me and my husband to get on the same page, let alone, you know, me, my husband, and another person to come in there and to do it all with love and empathy and understanding without judgment. I feel like that would be really tough for me not to be reactive.
0: Oh, it is so tough. And that's not to say that I, there aren't times when I have been reactive or there's times where I've reacted to something and woke up in the morning and been like, "Mm, probably could have done that one a little different. Right. (laughs) But I think the whole thing is, is that when you're a stepmom, it's really hard to find your role because, you know, you're expected to love, you know, your stepchildren, like they're your own, you're expected to be there, but then you're also expected to respect the role of their mom before. So it's almost like this damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. You don't know when to step up. You don't know when you're supposed to step back. And figuring out that role in a family is a tricky, it's a tricky role. It's a tricky, it's a tricky job.
1: Hmm. Oh, I can imagine. So so take me for lack of a better word through your journey of building kind of your blog and starting your podcast. How how did that begin? Like like were you always a blogger? Were you always a podcaster? What was your your past life like?
0: So before I so when I was single, living the single life as a bachelorette 26, before I, you know, became a stepmom. I was a child protection worker. So I worked with CAS. So that's our child protective services in Canada. And I was a case manager. So I would work with families who were in crisis. Many times people who are dealing with divorce, custody and access problems, you know, abuse, emotional abuse, so many different child protection issues. So that's what I did before. And then when I actually ended up moving into the place, where into the home that my husband lived in when we got together, because obviously he's not going to uproot the kids so that he can be with me. It was me who was, who was moving my life. So when I moved here and became a stepmom, and then, you know, we got married and we were having a baby of our own, I realized that, you know, there's a lot to do here. And we decided that I wasn't going to go back to my job in child protection just because there were some safety concerns and it was just, it was a lot of nights. So I was primarily just a stay-at-home mom. But I had a lot to say. And this I just kept having this idea in my head. I said, I need to start talking about this. I need to have this blog. I kept, I kept thinking about all the things that I wanted to say and the conversations that I wanted to change. But still something was holding me back. And you know, obviously, that's the fear. And we all know that before we start a business, that fear is typically what holds us back. And then one day, I just decided to go for it. I was at home with the baby. And I was kind of bored during the days, to be quite honest. It wasn't all that I thought it was going to be. And it really just started as a blog. So I was just sharing our stories, but I was sharing other things as well. It was just very much a hobby blog. And then about a year in, I started getting messages from people from all over the world, from stepmoms, from literally all over the world, messaging me and saying, you know, you're saying the things that I'm afraid to say, or, you know, you're feeling the things that I feel and I'm, you know, feel alone. I didn't think anyone else felt this. So it truly was, I was opening up this conversation and because no one was talking about this type of topic, it was pretty easy for people to find me. So from there, it really just branched out. I decided that, you know, I was spending my nights replying to stepmoms from all over us, you know, there is something here. So from there, I ended up just creating some... Digital products: I created an online course for stepmoms, where we would it started out where eight stepmoms from all over North America we'd get together for, you know a coaching session on Wednesday nights, and we'd have a glass of wine and talk about all things stepmom life. And then it branched out into a larger digital course. Now I have, you know, an ebook and, and different ways of supporting stepmoms through
1: just the Internet. Oh my gosh, I love that. So it literally started out as a hobby blog.
0: Right. And you know, it, for me right now, it's actually, I was talking to my husband about this, I think last year, and we're talking about expenses and all of the things with my, you know, the business end of things. Right. And it took me a long time to realize that I had a legit business. It really, really did. Even though I would look at the numbers or I would look at, you know, I would have expenses or I would have, you know, different conferences I would go to. It took me a while to
1: kind of say, yeah, oh my gosh, I have made my passion into a business. Ah. That gives me all the chills. I love that so much and And I think that it's so it's so common. most of us don't start our businesses because we quote unquote, want to be business owners. at least most of the people that I'm connected with and having conversations with, like we're all starting it because we either want to put something out into the world that is fulfilling. And, and by world, I mean, like our our corner of the internet, because I never had big dreams or aspirations to go, you know, change the whole entire world. Um, Now that I'm further along in it, I see the potential, you know, to do something really big. But when I first started, it was like... You know, if I could just help a couple people see what I went through and how I I moved through some of these things and how, how I found this, this happiness in this place, and I can empathize with them and I can share my stories and say, me too, I've been there, I hear you, then that would be really special, you know? And it starts really small like that um, and then allowing it to grow. And when you get those emails back from people and you get those notes, people being like, this wow! This changed everything for me. Like you've you've said something here that just really struck my heart. Or thank you so much for putting this out in the world. You kind of go, oh wow! I didn't really think anyone was listening. For sure. And you know, my husband would say to me, "So, what's your
0: strategy? What do you mean? What's my strategy? <laughs> what's your strategy for you know your content or for your business or how you're going to build this." Well, I have something that happens. It fires me up, and then I write a blog post about it. There's really no there at the very beginning. it really was no strategy. It was just about sharing our story and inspiring people.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I have to just reference something that I love so much on your uh, about page on your website. This story that you're talking about when you you said you were first started dating your husband, and a fellow stepmom came up to you and said like, "Don't do it." I love how you said like you, you, you started to understand what she meant as you started to go through it. And I have to just kind of like read this from your site because it really struck me. You said you, you finally understood she was saying if you are completely dedicated to this, willing to feel like an outsider and deal with the ongoing drama that can and does exist in a blended family, then go for it but if you're not girl you better run for the hills. And yeah, and I and by that. Oh my gosh, like that just like spoke to my heart and I'm not a stepmom but it spoke to my heart because I feel like that is what it's like to do something that you love, you know? That is what it's like to to follow through, you know, and and be with the person that you love regardless of how complicated it is. Like for me, starting my you know, quote unquote life coaching business. I'm doing air quotes because I never wanted to be a life coach. I thought that sounded really hokey and woo woo, and we'll try to be step-mom a mom coach. <laughs> I, I I I can't even imagine. Like you know, right. when you're at a cocktail party, and people are like, so what do you do? You know, like so to go after that. You know, it's like go for it. If you're completely dedicated to it and you're willing to feel like an outsider and deal with that ongoing drama, then go for it because it is going to be one of the best things that you'll ever do. Like You will experience love and magic beyond anything you ever knew but like you got to be dedicated to it you got to know that you're going to have these highs and lows you got to know that you will feel like an outsider like i i can't even tell you the the looks that i get sometimes from people when they ask what i do or the conversations you know that i have when i go back to my friends that all have corporate jobs i absolutely feel like a misfit i absolutely feel like an outsider but the love and the fulfillment that i get from what i do is absolutely worth it. So that for me that quote that I read I just thought oh my gosh as much as you can apply that to be uh, to having a blended family man you can apply that to going after anything you love in your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think you need to get to the point whether it be in your family or your business or whatever it is where you just decide that you're not going to let other people's opinion dictate what you're going to do. Like you you truly truly need to not give a shit about what other people think. And, you know, I can even speak to that when it comes to this business, you know, I'm sharing my life online and I'm from a very small town. So I forget that when I'm sharing the stories or I'm talking on my Instagram stories or whatever it is that I'm doing, yes, the people who I am targeting and the people who are in my community are listening to it, but also so are the moms at the arena. So I could put something really raw and vulnerable up on my Instagram and it's for my community but then I have to walk into my stepson's hockey game and I know half of the moms in there have listened to it and that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. For the l- longest time, I felt like I was almost censoring what I was saying because I was scared about what those people would think. And that's, that's what holds you back in business and in life and in,
1: and in really anything, because if you can't go all in, then don't even bother. uh I, I. Couldn't agree more because it's, it's uncomfortable to go half in. Like you second guess who you are, you second guess what you're doing. So it's kind of like either commit to being who you are and going after what you really want and just jump into like the pond with all of us crazies. Like we will welcome you over here or, or don't because being like one foot in or one foot out is going to be even more uncomfortable than finding like a settling ground.
0: Yeah. And you're not going to find success if you're not all in, because as soon as, honestly, as soon as I, I realized I'm, you know, I'm all in, I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to say whatever it is that I want to say. My community started to grow. My business started to grow. The impact started to grow is because I, I, those little voices in the back of my head were kind of holding me back and censoring me. And now it's like, you know, you know that's great. You can like what I do. You don't have to agree with it or or you can have no idea what the heck I'm doing. That's totally fine because it's not for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's that's such common marketing advice as well, right? And none of us really listen to it as clearly as we should, but people are like, Get more haters, right? Get more unsubscribers. Not because you want to ostracize people, but because you want to be so clear about who you are that people either look at you and they can so clearly say, oh, you're for me or you're not for me. Like there's no like dabbling around it. There's no... And if you think about it, like from a friendship standpoint... I would absolutely want that. Like, I wouldn't want someone kind of like dabbling and dancing around me being like, should we be friends? Should we not be friends? Like, maybe we're kind of friends, but we're sort of, yeah, I'm not really sure we're friends. Yeah, we're friend. You know, like, I don't want someone like that. I like either want someone who is freaking all in, like, I am going to be there for you in the middle of the night. Or, uh, you know what? You are rad, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not your person. You know, I'm going to go be somebody else's person. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. So tell me, so you did your hobby blog for, and when you started your hobby blog, did you just, did you know a lot about blogging or how did that, how did that happen for you? Because, and I, and I ask because we have a lot of people in our audience right now that are in their nine to five and they're ready to make a jump into something else. But there, I think there's a fear and there's a hesitancy to start something, you know, like a blog or a a coaching business or things like that, because they feel like it's very unfamiliar, right? It's a brand new industry. It's something they're not comfortable with. So were you already familiar with blogging and things like that? When I
0: was in university or shortly outside of university, I had started this blog kind of on blog spotter. It was early twenties blog. I'm not really even sure it was on this platform. And I did it for about a year where I would, you know, just kind of write random things on there. So I had always kind of had a blog in the back of my head, but I really didn't know anything about it. So my sister was a website designer at the time. So she just kind of got it up and running for me. But after that, honestly, so you, you know, you work with Marie for B-School, right? Yep. And I took Marie's course, B-School and her whole, everything is edible. It, it, it could, could not be more true. You just, you can actually Google anything. You really and truly can Google anything. And that's what I've done, you know, from starting a podcast to now I've just, des- I designed my website. I have, you know, created kind of everything that is under my name, just myself by honestly Googling. And I know that saying that stresses people out a little bit. They said, well, I can't figure it out like that or I'm not tech savvy. Neither was I, but there's honestly so much information out there that you can figure it out. And the help desks, if you want to start something or a website, the help desks, they're there actually to help. You can click that you need help chat box and they will walk you through. Like that's literally how I've built my entire business. Dude, the
1: uh, the help chats, I feel like I'm on those daily. And if I'm not on those, my assistant is. And if my assistant isn't on those, my intern is. We are all constantly using those because they are like... Well, they're like little angels sometimes because they're going to come save you. Um, but they're just so accessible; like it's so easy to pop in and to ask them something. You're so right. I've never had anybody say that or bring that up because googling and telling people to google it is the is the natural thing. And I think that's hard because. Googling feels big, it feels overwhelming, and it doesn't feel like a a, a fix-all, which I think is what we all want sometimes, if we're being really honest. Like, if I need something fixed on my website, the idea of going and Googling it and figuring out how to fix it or reaching out to the help desk, it feels like an extra layer, an extra step. But the satisfaction that comes from being able to solve that and realizing, oh, I thought it was going to be an hour turns out it's only 20 minutes. I just needed to get the ball rolling. I think that is so, so amazing. But I love that you're bringing up the help desk because every single like WordPress or um, Squarespace or places like that, I mean, every single one of those um, website builders, like they will come to you and answer any specific question that you have. And they're really good.
0: For sure. And you know, one note about the Googling is... I will put full sentences in Google. How do I make this happen on my website on Squarespace? Full sentences, because if you have if you have that question, there's a really good chance that someone else has asked that question in a help desk or some you know those comment threads, and that answer will come up. Like that's how I've you know answered a lot of the questions that I've had from my website by just full on putting the full sentence as if I'm talking to an actual person into Google. And I think sometimes people overthink the Google search, put it all in, Google will
1: figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. I love how we're really um, pulling back the curtains and letting everyone know how not fancy we are because this is how we solve our problems. <laughs> for sure. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So you have your hobby blog. You start it, you do it for a whole year till you start to see some traction. Is that right? Well,
0: I think I saw some, I don't mean, I'm not a numbers person, so I don't really know exactly where, when it became something bigger. I think when I, I remember when I would get maybe four likes on a blog post that I had posted on my Facebook page, I would be ecstatic. I thought it was, you know, the best thing ever. I felt like I had just totally made it. But yeah, I think it was a year... After a year, I started doing some coaching and doing some working with stepmoms one-on-one. And then, you know, over the next year, I started to work with some brands and do some, you know, lifestyle content and that kind of thing. So I think, you know, first, I would say it's been a full-on business for the last two years.
1: I love it. I love it. I love that it just starts as something that you do out of passion and grows into something that's helping people around the world now. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And you started with your blog, but then you built a podcast. So how long have you been doing your podcast?
0: I launched it in November of this year. So it hasn't been that long. I think I have about 18 episodes. I release one every every Monday.
1: Yeah, that's still amazing though. And have you had a favorite episode or a favorite topic that people love? You know what? A lot
0: of the times when I have my husband come on, people love it because, you know, as much as people don't get the perspective of stepmom, they often don't get perspective from the dad who is you know, A trying to navigate his new marriage. So he has a new wife who is maybe struggling and he's also trying to ensure that his kids from his previous marriage are okay and that they're thriving and that they're resilient and dealing with everything. He's got to keep his ex-wife happy because you just got to. And you know, we also have our own child. So nat he has a lot. He has a lot to navigate. So we didn't talk about his struggles for the longest time because I think I was maybe too wrapped up in what I was struggling with. So I will bring him on and we'll talk about, we talked about, you know, the first year of our marriage. The first year of our marriage was really hard. Like, let me tell you, Kelsey, there was no honeymoon phase. It was <laughs> it was like I moved to China because actually I think I moved to China would have been easier than moving here. I used to live in the city and then I moved to, you know, I live in a, hamlet outside of a small town. I have a wheat field for a backyard with three kids. And the things that you would think people would be stressed out about or stepmoms would be stressed out about would be say, you know, dealing with the ex or the co-parenting and all of that. But what was really challenging was parenting. There were three kids in the house and kids have a lot of stuff and they have shoes everywhere. And there were just so many little changes to my everyday life that I didn't I didn't really know how to deal with so that was more of a challenge for us than anything. So we talked about that in our first episode of the podcast and I had so many messages from people being like I made my husband listen to it and he could not agree with your husband more. So it was hilarious. Oh my gosh,
1: I love that. And what what was your husband's opinion? Like what did what, did, what were people agreeing with? And I I'm dying. I feel like I have to go listen to this episode right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's good. And Darren actually has this podcast voice where I feel like he should have his own podcast because he really sounds like this radio broadcaster online. So it's actually really hilarious. I think he likes doing the podcast episodes more than he, he admits. But what he would talk about was how before I would come home, because I used to really feel stressed out. You know how kids, like their shoes are everywhere, right? At the mudroom. <laughs> everywhere. Never really, everywhere. Like, freaking shoes everywhere. Coming home to that mess from kids, was a huge struggle for me. I just, I, I was never used to anyone's mess other than my own. Right. So he'd talk about kind of running around and trying to, you know, clean up before I got home just to make sure that it was a nice atmosphere for me to come and just the stresses that he had and just things that I would maybe overreact about because I was, So I was a child protection worker before. And before that, I was, it was called a family support worker, which thinks super nanny, right? So come in, help you learn how to parent your kids, rules, discipline, which was really not appropriate because I was 24 at the time and had no kids. So about zero experience in parenting, but yet I was parenting from the book. And I think we can all admit the way that the books say we're supposed to parent and what real life <laughs> happens is very different. <laughs> nice. <So he>, day. <laughs> yeah. He'd be five minutes past bedtime or 20 minutes past bedtime. And I'm, I, I'm like, we have to be on top of the routine and structure and routine and consistency for kids. They need to know what to expect. And he's like, Jamie, chill. The movies, like there's 15 minutes left in the movie. Everything will be fine. I'm like, no, this is really important. Right. But cause I'm thinking about it from my education and from my professional experience when that's just not, you know, we all
1: just kind of fly by the seat of our pants when it comes to parenting. And that's totally okay. Oh my gosh. What have you seen? I'm totally intrigued specifically by that because I have a two and a half year old who is just, um, oh, giving me a run for my money. That sweet little, sweet little angel. Um, and I struggle with that, to be honest. I struggle with going by the book and and doing the things that they tell you to do versus being super chill and being like, ah, oh, we don't need to nap today, or we don't need to, we don't need to go to bed on time. Like we have, we have friends in town. We're gonna go do fun things. How do you balance that?
0: So I think for me, because I was a stepmom before I was a mom, those th- like my three stepchildren, which by the way, they are the most I, I couldn't have locked out more in the stepchildren department. But oh. what they taught me is what really matters. So they kind of probably got the, the hard end of it because when it comes to having, you know, our daughter Reese, so she's now four when she was a baby, my life didn't stop. I never had that time where I could just stare and look at the newborn. Right. And that, you know, when people would say to me, the days are long when you have a newborn, it wasn't because I went from zero to four kids in you know, almost a year and a half. So we would be at the hockey arena or we would be at social events with my stepchildren. So we didn't get that routine and that, you know, nighttime consistency because every single day in our world is different. And every other week is different because of the schedule we have with my stepkids. So what I've learned for me is some of that, it matters. It's great if you can do it, but if not, it actually doesn't matter that much. I'm really about, for me with kids, is everyone happy? Is everyone healthy? Is everyone nice? Are they kind? Do they feel loved? Are they confident? You know, all of those things, those skills that in life or these qualities in life that are going to make them into a good human, that's really what I find is most important because, you know, bedtime, it's great. And I think it's really important to have a, a great nighttime routine. But at the end of the day, doesn't matter as much as maybe that book says. I don't think so, but that's, I'm pretty lax.
1: Yeah, but it's so interesting cuz my sister and I always say this too. We always say we are we are playing the long game here. We're shooting to raise good adults, you know, not just have this short-term discipline. So we it's always an interesting balance. Like we are we're constantly trying to give them that safety that they know what's going to happen and they have a general idea, like a general structure, but at the same time to remember like the goal is to create good humans, you know, the goal is to create good adults like not disciplined people that, that know what time they're going to go to bed, you know?
0: For sure. And you know, if they go to bed at nine versus eight or whatever that looks like, they're still going to grow up and be good people, right? That's, that's not a, that's yeah. not a make or break situation. And you're also teaching them, I think, when you can have those flexible nights that it's okay to be flexible and
1: making memories is so important in life. Cause at the end, that's really all you have yeah absolutely. And the making memories piece I feel like is for them, but also for us as adults. you know, I think there are times where we will rush home to try to get our kid in bed, you know and miss out on a memory memory or miss out on a moment, and there are other times where we just kind of let it go. I remember we took McKenna out to New York with us. I was speaking out at Twitter in their New York offices. And we took her out with us and she was probably, uh, I mean, she must have been like six months old. She was little. And, uh, and you know, she, we had just gotten her on some sort of schedule and some sort of nap schedule. And it was so conflicting for me because I was so sleep deprived. And we just got her on a nap schedule. And I was like, should we, you know forgo we were staying with my very best friend in New York in Brooklyn and I had this this wonderful speaking engagement and and so should we forgo some of these experiences and just stay local and and put her down for a nap and we were like no like we can't live our lives like that like just throw her on the pack and let's go and I remember that being a really hard decision but my memories from that weekend are the most special memories of like walking around central park with like my best friend and her husband and my husband and McKenna like on my chest and staying out late and like eating food and and all of us you know passing McKenna off and holding her while the others like sat and ate like our beautiful salmon dinner and wine and like those memories I will never lose those it was such a special unique time and 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 life goes by so fast, right? Like I feel like I, I blinked and then all of a sudden McKenna is no longer six months. She's two and a half years old and my best friend is pregnant right now and she's about to have a baby. And so the, our life situation and circumstances are very different. That casual walk around Central Park and and be so carefree and fly across the country. like You may not always have that lightness and that ability to create those memories. So I feel like it's so important to remember that. So I love that you brought up making memories because I think that if that structure and those things are getting in, a, in the way of that, you, you may want to reevaluate them.
0: For sure. I'm all over that.
1: Oh, I love that. Okay. So tell me, what is one of the biggest, like best topics that people come to you for when it comes to to stepmom support? And, and I'm curious, is it specific to stepmom stuff or is it like a bigger overarching kind of theme that we can all take? Because what I've noticed from a lot of your content is... And even from just that quote that I read, as much as uh, a lot of the advice and a lot of the tips that you're giving people on being a stepmom um, and how to navigate those waters, a lot of those things are things that I feel like I could apply to my life, you know, as well. Like the this ability to, you know, commit to something, this ability to not be reactive, this Ability to you know be very intentional, um, this ability to not judge. Uh, so I'm curious, what is like the, the the top thing, one or two top things that people love to hear you talk about?
0: Well, I think that people love to talk about the ex wife. I will say people oh. a people are interested in that because there's this assumption in life that there's always going to be this turf war drama or this pissing match between the stepmom and the mom and trying to kind of navigate your way through that. And honestly, there are a lot of high conflict situations where the stepmom and the mom just don't get along. And it's about, that's, that's primarily what a lot of my content is about is people who are struggling with that. But you know, when you talk about it being about real life, it's that we all have people in our life who may be tricky to deal with. And I think it's so important to remember, and this is what a lot of my content is about is that you can't control what other people say or what they do or how they see the world. And I think that's the most important thing is the way that I see the world is very different than the way my stepchildren's mom sees the world. And when I'm saying the world, the very same situations. So the way she could perceive our co-parenting dynamic is different than me because we are all looking at it from a different lens. And that is so important for anyone to remember in life is that we only have our own truths. And that's based on our history and, you know, our current situations, our current interactions and all so many different factors. So what I'm really about is kind of helping people navigate their way through that in a way that doesn't add fuel to the fire and just kind of diffuses any conflict. Because at the end of the day, I always say to anyone who follows me, what do you want your kids or your stepchildren to remember about their childhood? And it's a, you know, it's a huge loaded question, but you don't want them to look back and be like, oh my gosh, my mom and my stepmom couldn't be in the same room. Or I used to feel stressed out about being at my mom's when I was at my dad's because I felt bad for my mom or any of those emotions that children of divorce have to deal with. It's really about being the bigger person, you know, walking away and and controlling your emotions and realizing that your, your lens isn't the same as someone else's.
1: Oh, I love that. Realizing your lens isn't the same as someone else's. That I feel like is something I can take with so many people in work also, you know, and, but just in my personal life to remember that, I, I think we forget that. We think that this to me seems so clear as to why you would respond a certain way or, or like, it seems so obvious. And then you, to be able to be mature and, um, and respectful of somebody else's situation. I think that you almost have to rise above it and get kind of like that 30,000 foot point of view and look down and realize, oh my gosh, that person had a completely different childhood than you. That person felt different amounts of love and fear and safety and confusion throughout their life. That person has different triggers in you. That person literally is wired differently than you. So some things that trigger us are not going to physically trigger other people and vice versa. And just to realize like we are all such different humans and that that's okay. Like we're supposed to be like that. And our job isn't to judge them or want them to be come to our side. Our job is to allow them to have that experience.
0: Right. And, you know, I think in step parenting life or when you're co-parenting, what the tricky part is for people and for stepmoms or anyone in this situation, to be honest, is that other people's perspectives and their behaviors, they can impact your life, right? When you're trying to co-parent with someone or deal, have to deal with them on a regular basis and you have such different perspectives, that's tricky. So at that point, it's about setting boundaries and getting very clear on what kind of conversations you will and will not have, what you will and will not tolerate, what kind of relationship, what that looks like. And even being proactive about how you're going to navigate your way through that. So getting a plan in place. So when it comes to say co-parenting, who's going to do what for the kids? Who's responsible for the dentist? Who's responsible for getting the back to school clothes? Who's responsible for paying this bill or signing them up for hockey or what times pick up, what times drop off? All of those things that when you're in a you know first family that you don't think about, I'm always recommending that people get a concrete plan so that there really are no surprises, and there's there isn't any room for differences of opinion because you know exactly how everything is going to be laid out. And if you're dealing with a toxic person, then you're minimizing the opportunity for conflict and the opportunity to interact with them. And that goes for anyone, right? I'm talking co-parenting situations right now. But say you have a mom who you have can have a great relationship with, but it sometimes is toxic from your parent or your relationship you know, during your childhood, or say you have a friend or anyone in your life, a coworker, you can set boundaries and you can make a plan for how you're going to interact with them to
1: minimize the impact that their different lens can have on your life. Oh, I love that so much. And it really is about being like intentional and thoughtful about what where you're spending your time and where you're not. and And I feel like if you think about that ahead of time and you're proactively doing that, you're much less likely to be reactive and caught in a situation where you have to make a decision on the spot that you may not be prepared to make right. And with emotions, right? I think, you know, if you really think about
0: it in a lot of areas in our life, we know when shit's going to hit the fan. We know when things are about to get bad, so why not before that happens, or if it's happened on a consistent basis throughout your life, say to yourself, "Okay, self. Well, last time I reacted this way, and that didn't really work out so well. So, what am I going to do this time, so that when it happens, you've already decided how you're going to react. So your emotions aren't coming into play. You're not, re- you know, reacting emotionally. You knew it was going to happen. You decided how you're going to act." ahead of time. And then you just move forward.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Gosh, I wish I had this advice when I was like a 25 year old dating, because I feel like, you know, you know, the things that are going to trigger you, you know, you know, the situations you're not going to be comfortable in. And we kind of avoid them, I think, and we hope that they're not going to come up. And then they do. They always come up like without fail, something's going to come up that's going to push you into that situation. And you're probably not going to ask Act your best. But I feel like if you just take five or 10 minutes and you think about what are the situations that really trigger me and how can I proactively decide how I want to show up in that situation?
0: Right. You think about your marriage too, right? So you're... I don't know about you, but I pretty much have the same arguments with my husband. Like that's our, our, our same issues over and over and over oh, again. Yeah. Not oh, that yeah. they're crazy arguments, but the, what do they say? The first fight that you have with your partner is pretty much going to be your argument for the rest of your life. In yeah. my communication. He isn't good by saying he's going to be late or that kind of thing. He just doesn't send the text message because he doesn't think it's a big deal. Whereas I've been asking over and over again, our whole relationship, just so I know around dinner time and that kind of stuff. And it's been this thing for us since we've been together. And the very beginning, there were times where he literally got in heated arguments over his inability to communicate, but he's not going to change if he hasn't changed that by now. So having those arguments did not change his behavior. It actually just ruined our night. It wasn't productive at all. So I, at one point had to say, okay, what am I going to do? differently now. How am I going to react to this? And now it's, I don't, I don't react or I just say once I've cooled down, you know, that, that was inconvenient for me and telling him why, because, you know, at the, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. So when I go into that situation with a plan, I don't get as worked up as say I used to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm the the same way with some things with my husband. I feel like, uh, we will talk about, I mean, there's so many, not like, like you had said, there's not like a million things that we fight about, but the things that we fight about are similar, similar things. So when we go into those situations, like, um, I'm trying to think of what a good example would be. Cause I like to always give like concrete examples. Oh, like if we're talking about like money or something for, for us, we, we don't have big fights about money. Like we spend, we spend the same kinds of dollars on the same kinds of things. Really. We have the same values when it comes to that. We don't, we both only spend a certain amount on clothes and we only spend a certain amount on things um, like experiences. But I feel like that came from in the very beginning of our relationship. We started budgeting together. We started sitting down and like looking looking at our budget and saying, hey, how much do you think we should be spending on this kind of stuff? And there are things like that he would spend tons of money on like books. Like he loved, he loves, he's an avid reader. So he would just spend tons and tons of money like on Kindle books and these other books. And we would sit down and look at the budget and he would be like, Oh, wow, like, I don't need to be spending that much money a month on books, like, I can go to the library, or I can get these things done. But it was so interesting having that proactive conversation about money. Because then now when we get to the point, like where I used to like to spend a ton of money on groceries, like I would just buy extra groceries every week and be like, well, I'm, I'm going to cook this one meal that I never ended up cooking. And then when I saw the amount that I was spending, I was like, Oh, you know, I don't need to be spending quite that much every week on groceries. Like, can cut that down a little bit but that proactiveness of having that conversation allowed us to show up in situations where we may question each other a little bit because we are different humans and we have different priorities and we come from different lenses and we have different needs and wants we instead of questioning each other or feeling uncomfortable or having there be this resentful underlying conversation that we're not having because we don't want to rock the boat at the end of the night we instead would proactively have have that budget conversation And we try to do it every month. We try to sit down every month and and have like a budget date. It doesn't happen every month, let's be honest. But we try to, and it's on the calendar. But even if we only do it every other month, you know, we're sitting down and we're looking at our budget. So we're proactively able to handle one of the things that is one of the top reasons for married couples to get in in huge arguments. Yeah, no,
0: for sure. And that's the thing. Tackle things before they become an issue.
1: 100%. 100%. Oh my gosh. Jamie, I feel like I, I want to cover like 19 million more topics with you. But instead, I'm just going to go listen to your podcast. And I want to make sure before we get off that everybody else knows about your podcast and also knows where they can go and see you and support you and uh, hear more of your amazing stories.
0: Well, great. So yeah, you can check out my podcast. So it's real original. It's the Jamie Scrimger podcast over on wherever I, you know, podcasts are hosted. And then my website is jamiescrimger.com and I'm Jamie Scrimger on Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest. You can kind of find me all over there, but yeah, definitely come on over. And if you do say hi, let me know that you listen to this
1: episode. I love connecting with everyone. I love it. I love it. And we'll make sure we have all of those links in our show notes as well. Um, Thank you, my dear, so much for coming on and sharing parts of your story. I cannot wait to dig deeper personally, and I can't wait for everybody else to dig deeper. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Well,
0: there you have it. I hoped you liked this episode as much as I did and that it answered any questions that you have about how all of this got started. Now I'm going to link the Whiskey and Work podcast and Kelsey's website below. So if you're looking to amp things up in any area of your life, I highly recommend that you check her out. As always, if you're loving this podcast and haven't already, please take a couple seconds and head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. I love hearing what you think. And guys, when you leave a rating and review, it tells iTunes that this podcast is worth listening to and it helps spread the word about this phenomenal community of women. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys next week.